0: Okay, guys, 1 Corinthians 4, 14, actually, 14, 1 to 5 is going to be where we're at tonight. Uh, We're continuing our series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, If you're new to the collective, welcome. My name is Ben Hilson, and I'm the young adult pastor uh, here at Village Church. And hopefully uh, when we do our little socializing thing, I get to meet you and introduce myself to you and kind of hear your story. Uh, So, yeah, come and talk to me if you're new in this place tonight. But we've been in this series for a week or one, one talk, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we've just started to talk about the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. How do we recognize him? How does he work in our daily lives? And it's really important for us to understand this because this is really uh, probably a lot of, I don't want to put percentage on it, but a lot of the Christian experience. And some of us, when we became a Christian, uh, we, you know, we had that moment with Jesus. We gave our lives to him. Maybe we even got baptized. But some of us, we don't sense him or experience him in our daily lives. And it, I, I know it's, it was never supposed to be like that. I know from personal experience that it was never supposed to be like that. And so what I'm hoping this series does for a lot of you guys in this place is just give you a basic understanding of how God wants to work in your daily life. And here's the reality that we live in. Uh, Our world is a secular world, and we are starved of spirituality. Uh, One author, uh, theologian, puts it like this. Many are now eager for any kind of supernatural or spiritual manifestation, any sense of power or life source beyond the material world. This is the culture that we live in. And hence, why so many people, you know, they tr- turn to New Ageism or spirituality of some sort because they're craving this. I think a lot of us we love shows like Stranger Things or The Conjuring because, in some weird way, it kind of feeds that appetite that we have, that hunger that we have for the spiritual things. And some of you in this place, maybe you're on a journey where you're searching, you're hoping that there's something bigger than just this world, that there's something out there, a bigger power, uh, something that's just beyond this material world. And my prayer is that you have a personal encounter with God tonight. My prayer is that even if you don't believe, you're welcome in this place and you feel like you belong, but ultimately you would come to a knowing, saving knowledge of who Jesus is. And so we're going to start tonight by going and talking through a gift. So last week or last time, uh, we talked about the Holy Spirit. And you know that the Holy Spirit is in your life and working in your life. uh, is when you make the confession that Jesus is Lord, that you realize the reality of the gospel, that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for mine and your sins, came back to life on the third day, and now he's ruling and reigning in heaven. And when you realize that, the only way that you can make that confession, the only way that you could give your life to Jesus and surrender it totally to him is when the Holy Spirit moves in your life and works you towards making that confession. You actually can't even say those words. Like, sure, you can mouth those words, but you can't mean it at a heart level unless the Holy Spirit is working in your life. So we talked about that. And so we're going to delve into how the Holy Spirit, who's in your life, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, works its way out in different ways. And really, I want to talk about one way tonight. And that one way uh, is prophecy. We're going to be talking about prophecy all tonight. And if you have no clue what I'm talking about, don't worry. We're going to start at a very basic level, and then we're going to work our way up. Uh, But what I really want to do tonight as we start is I want to pray again. Because really, as I was talking about, as I was thinking about this talk, I realized if there's only so much I can explain. But if God doesn't move, if God doesn't show up, if God doesn't, we don't see this gift manifested in this community uh, tonight or in the nights to come, none of you are actually going to learn this. None of you who have doubts or skepticisms are actually going to move from that place of doubt to a place of belief. And I'm believing that tonight God's going to move in that way. So if you would, just bow with me for a second. And I just want to pray one more time. So Father, we thank you for each and every person in this room, in this place tonight. And I don't know where everybody's at, God. I don't know what journey they're on. I don't know what they're thinking right now in this moment. I don't know what brought them here, God. But I thank you that you have a plan that even if they don't know it, you're calling them, you're pursuing them. God, and I just feel and I sense that tonight you want to really work and reveal yourself to the people that are in some sense just grasping for meaning and purpose. Or maybe, at, maybe they're at their final straw or their, their limit and they just need you to show up and they've been crying out to you, God. They, they want to experience you. They want to know that you're real. They want to know the truth that is found in Christianity. And I pray, God, that you would just answer the prayer in just a physical, objective, subjective way tonight. That they would have a real encounter with the power of the gospel that they would know that they're not alone, that you're with them, that you're walking this life out with them. And I pray, God, that you would bring them into your family tonight. And those of us that have walked away from you, God, who've done our own thing, who are just messing around and just not following you, God, I pray that you would bring them back into the fold, so to speak, tonight, God that they would recognize the voice of you, their shepherd, and that they would come back. I pray that they would experience your relentless love tonight. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we talk about prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14 is going to be where we're at. We're going to be jumping around a little bit. But Paul starts off this chapter, chapter 14, talking to a community a lot like us. Okay, it's, it's a church in Corinth, which is an urban city. And he goes into this very interesting chapter like this. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Especially that you may prophesy. The first time I read this, I read it more like a suggestion. I never really took it seriously when I first read this. But what you need to understand is Paul is commanding us. Paul is commanding us to pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. He wants to see this gift exercised not only in that gathering back in the church in Corinth, but he wants to see it exercised now, today, in this gathering, tonight. And we need to realize that, and we need to let these words hit us, because here's the reality of this. I'm not sure about you, but I've never earnestly desired to prophesy in my Christian life till about three years ago. And some of you in this place have probably have never actually dealt with this topic before or even delved into understanding or researching how this looks like in real life, and that's fine. But what Paul is telling us is that we need to earnestly desire this gift. And when it's talking about this passage, one pastor, which you're going to hear a lot of his ideas tonight, and he's kind of helped me a lot in understanding the spiritual gifts in general, and he goes by the name of Sam Storms. And he writes this book, Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts, and he writes this when making a point on this passage. He says, if you are not earnestly desiring to prophesy, if you're not praying for opportunity and occasion to speak prophetically into lives of the church and other believers, you're disobeying God. You're disobeying God, he writes. He writes, the pursuit is a moral and spiritual obligation to which we must devote ourselves. Just think about that for a second. I've never thought about it that way. That me not pursuing this gift in my life, or even trying to figure out how the Holy Spirit wants to work this gift out in my life, could be me actually disobeying God. And right now, for some of you, maybe skepticism is creeping in and doubt. That's fine. That's fine. I believe with all my heart that God uses doubt as a tool to bring you closer to him. As a tool to just reveal himself to you in new ways. And so, with that, what is prophecy? That's where I want to start. What is prophecy? Some of you, maybe when I read this verse, the first idea that popped into your head was prophecy is about telling the future. You know, someone tells you what's going to happen uh, a week from now or the year 2012. Or actually, no, that, that year past or whatever, 2020 or whatever. <laughs> I was just thinking of the movie. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? And anyways, <laughs> something like that. Or maybe when I said the word prophecy, uh, some of you maybe thought of preaching, And that's how it's been talked about. Or maybe some of you thought about books that talk about the end times. And that's kind of your context or your understanding of prophecy. But tonight, so that we're all working from the same place. And some of you in the room, like me, when I first heard the word prophecy, I had no idea, no clue what it meant. Uh, So so that we all start from the same place. A simple definition for all of us, it's going to be on the screen, is this. Prophecy... Is telling something that God has spontaneously brought to mind in fallible human words. Okay? That's what prophecy is. Telling something that God has spontaneously brought to your mind in fallible human words. simpler way to p- put it is a human report of divine revelation. A human report of divine revelation. So prophecy is the speaking forth in merely human words of something God has spontaneously brought to mind. That's what Paul means when he writes about prophecy here in this passage. And although, sure, it can be about future events that take place, sure, God can prophesy through preaching, usually it's something that God spontaneously brings to your mind, be it through a prayer time, be it through worship, be it through you just walking down the street and you all of a sudden interact with somebody uh, that you bump into that you haven't seen in 10 years, whatever It's God spontaneously bringing something to mind that you are just simply supposed to deliver. So tonight, this is not going to be so much a preach as much as it's going to be what I like to call story time with Ben. And I'm going to tell you a bunch of stories, a bunch of illustrations my journey, my experience with this gift, hoping that it kind of gives you a bit of a, a guideline, if you will, to start fleshing out, start to see how God is speaking in your life. Because I believe that he's speaking to all of us. And the thing is that we're just oblivious to him speaking because we're just so busy and we're so distracted in our culture with different things. And you, can, you could probably think of a bunch of things right now. And we're just so distracted that we're actually missing God's voice. And we're ignorant to it. So with that, when I started with this gift of prophecy or this journey about delving into it. Uh, It was actually my first year into uh, working here at Village Church as a youth and young adult pastor. And we were at our old offices uh, in White Rock, and uh, this young adult walked into the office. And I started chatting with him, uh, being the new guy in town still, uh, even after I still felt like I was the new guy. And I was talking to him about just life and all this kind of stuff, and we started talking about his community group. And he said, uh, like, last night, the other night, they had an awesome community group, and it was great. I'm like, okay, sweet, what was so great about community group last night? And then he went on to tell me the story about there was this new guy that came to their group, and he was prophesying over everybody uh, one by one as they would come to the basement of the area or the house that they were doing community group in. And one by one, he would prophesy over everybody. And so I tried to hide uh, just my kind of, like, disbelief and kind of like, okay, this is kind of weird, Uh, as I was talking to him, but I started to ask more questions, because I really wanted to figure out this guy's name, because, you know, the inner pastor came out, and I was like, okay, I got to protect the flock, and if this guy's a wolf or something like that, I don't know what you do, but Mark said you got to shoot him or something, so I'll figure that out when it comes to it, but I got to meet this guy, right, so I was asking him questions, and then I found out this guy's name, and I knew, and my intention was to confront this guy, and So I saw him one Sunday morning after our South service at the Bell. And I saw him and uh, he actually looked way cooler than I thought he was going to look. And I actually kind of like, I, I, I'm like, okay, me and this dude can be friends. So I asked him to go for coffee. And I got to hear this his story. And we actually became really good friends. And he actually got hired on to Village to help me with youth. And the thing about this guy is as he was telling me his story, it was just this awesome story of how Jesus pursued him and saved him. And he just went all out and surrendered his whole life for Jesus. But not only that, he was telling me, me this story about how he started operating and exercising the gift of prophecy. And it all started in Hawaii when he went to this like conference type thing, this men's conference thing. And uh, Francis Chan, a pastor in the States, was actually there. And how it started was that this pastor, Francis Chan, was praying for everybody. And he came to my friend Uh, who at this point wasn't really following Jesus. And he was just praying for him and all this kind of stuff happened. But one of the things that did happen was um, he realized in some sense that he was given the gift of prophecy. And it was through the encouragement of this pastor. And so that kind of started his journey in developing this gift. And by the time he came and interacted with me at that coffee shop, uh, he was probably a couple years into it. And I could tell that there was just this confidence that he had when he operated in this gift. And so moving away from that coffee meeting and as we were exiting, I was just like, this guy's, there's something about him I don't know. I kind of doubt that this gift works, but he's legit, like he loves Jesus, I could tell, and the the thing that was like the, the icing on the cake, so to speak, is when we were getting into, as I was about to get into my car, he just stopped me, I was like, hey, can I pray for you? I was just like, what? Like, this, like, I, like, sure, it happens. People pray for you. But, like, I never had a young adult after a coffee meeting of me going to coffee with them stop me and it'd be like, hey, can I pray for you before we get into the car? So I thought it was kind of weird, but I was like, yeah, sure. And so he prayed for me. And that was just this moment as he was praying for me. I knew that there was something there. Was something there. there was some truth to what he was saying. And at, when he got hired on at Village Church, I would take him. Um, with me to youth retreats to when I, when I spoke and got invited. And he would always be, during prayer time, prophesying over youth and youth leaders. And months later, we'd come back here to Vancouver, and we'd run into that person that he prophesied over, and they'd be telling him the reality of the truth that he spoke into their life, the encouragement that he gave them, uh, that it came true, that it happened in some sense, or that whatever they encouraged that person, whatever he encouraged that person with, in some way helped them persevere till this moment. But I didn't believe. And so, in just. A search for answers and trying to figure this out, because I know a lot of you in this room are like me, and you think very logically, and this kind of didn't fit into my framework in any by any means, and I was like, just asking God, okay, just bring me some clarity around this, and I stumbled across this podcast, and it was uh, for this church in Portland called Bridgetown Church, and if you've been at The Collective enough, I talk about this church a lot, and I'll tell you why right now because this series about the Holy Spirit, which in some sense inspired this series, it was a couple years ago though, kind of gave me scriptural backing and gave me just words to describe what I was searching for and how to understand spiritual gifts in general and understand how the Holy Spirit works. So the last talk, me and my buddy... We're like, okay, we have to make it down here to hear the series. But of course, church is on a Sunday, and I work on a Sunday. So after 12 o'clock service, me and my buddy jumped in our car, and we drove right down to Portland to hit the 7 o'clock service, and we made it at 7.05. It was crazy, guys. It was just a miracle. And we made it, and it was a great service. And what happened, the whole time that I was driving down there, I was asking God that the pastor, John Mark Comer, that he would prophesy over me. He's the lead pastor of this church. So I was praying that. And really, I was praying it not so much for a word for myself. It was more just for confirmation that this this gift exists, that it's legitimate. And so after he preached on, I don't know what he preached on because the whole time I was just thinking about this thing, he invited people to come up for prayer and he's like, yeah, we're going to open up the annex, which is was the area that they have coffee in, and they do prayer ministry, and we're going to pray for people, and if you want to get prophesied over, um, he didn't say it was going to happen, but if God wants to move in that way, uh, we'll just see if God wants to move in that way, and we'll come into prayer, and so I was like, okay, and so right away, I was kind of nervous, but I was like, okay, I'm going for prayer, so I I like beelined it, and I saw that he was just standing there, so I just went right up to him, because he's like, yeah, if you want, I would love to pray with you, right, so I took him at his word, and so I went right up to him, and I'm like, hey, my name's Ben, in two, three sentences, I described to him who I was, what I did back in Canada, but we just started praying, and I just loved the way that he did it. Because it wasn't weird by any means. He just was praying for me. And in his prayer, he just stopped. And he was just like, God, is there anything that you want to say to Ben? And he just stopped. And it was kind of awkward because it was silent for like a whole two minutes. And I didn't know what to do. And then after two minutes, he just started speaking and praying over my life in just... Like, this guy did not know me, okay? And he was speaking things and encouraging me with things that only my wife and God know. When it comes to calling, when it comes to insecurities that I have as a leader, when it comes to doubts, and it was just really confirming things that God was speaking to me in my own devotional life versus that God's been encouraging me for years and years and years. And he was just speaking and praying these things over me. And that moment... And that's when I truly believe that this gift worked. And what Paul is saying here, okay, what Paul is saying here in uh, verse 3, he says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for the upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Another word for consolation is comfort. But what John Mark was doing in those moments is that he was encouraging me. What you need to realize when it comes to giving a word, when it comes to a prophetic word, it's always to build up. It's always to encourage. It's always to console. And this is the criteria Paul gives us to discern a divine word, a divine revelation. And it's always going to be to build up the church as he goes on to to say in verse 5. But he also says in verse 5 that he would love everybody to prophesy. And so I want to make this point. Just like my friend that I talked about that worked with me at Village Church, uh, he had a gift, okay? He had a gift to prophesy, and that I, I just knew that was very true. But in some sense, we all can prophesy. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that is doing the work through us. It has nothing to do with us, right? It's a spontaneous thing that comes to mind, that God brings to mind, and all we're, need, all we're supposed to do is just deliver that word in obedience. So it's something that we don't conjure up ourselves, but it can be a gift. According to Romans 12, 3 to 8, we all have gifts, and we all have to discern that through prayer. And uh, what I love to say is just, you know, allow your gift to come to you. You know, I, I prayed into gifts. I prayed into, like, God to show me what I was gifted to do. And what I'm talking about right now is not just natural ability, because some of you guys just have just this natural ability to be hospitable or this natural ability to lead. No, I'm talking about like these, and I hate to use this word, but supernatural ability in some sense. That's what I'm talking about. So when it comes to these gifts, whatever it may be, uh, allow God just to reveal it. And what I've learned in my life is this whole preaching thing, you know, I never thought I was going to preach ever. I never, that wasn't a thought that crossed my mind. Like I never wanted to preach. But then a year into a ministry, uh, before I ever took a preaching class or anything like that, uh, my senior pastor saw something in me and asked me to preach on a Sunday morning. And after that, what happened was to confirm that gift, God used the community of people at that local church to confirm that that was my gift. And I think that's how it works in a lot of sense. Sure, you could take a spiritual gifts test, but... To be honest with you, I'm not sure how accurate those are. Those are like a great place to start, but you have to seek God on those things. You got to seek God on, okay, what is He confirming or what is showing up in my life? All that to say that I believe that God wants to use this gift through everybody in the room tonight. Because it's the Holy Spirit working through us. So let's get really practical now, okay? How do you give a word? And the rest of this talk is going to be just really practical, how to give a word and then how to discern a word when someone gives you a word, okay? So how do you give a word? As I said last time in our last talk, it's not an audible voice. I just want to make that super clear, okay? It's not God audibly talking. I, I, I don't doubt that he can do that, but usually what he does as a sovereign God in control of everything, he speaks to you through your thoughts, hence spontaneously. Spontaneously brings to mind something, a word, encouragement. But this is how he does it. When it comes to the divine revelation, God brings to mind maybe a word, an image, a phrase, or what I believe is the first step in moving in this prophetic gift is a scripture. And it's actually when I first started uh, seeing God kind of work through my life in this way, it was like the main way that God would show up and give me a word. And it was a scripture. He'd put a scripture on my heart for a friend. so uh, just a couple of weeks ago, my friend, who's halfway across the world, asked me to just pray for a word of encouragement. I wasn't sure what was going on in his life, but I just stopped and prayed, and in that moment, uh, God gave me a scripture, so I texted it to him, and sure enough, he texted me back and was like, yes, that is like dead on. So maybe that is the first step for some of you guys, is this, that God's going to give you a scripture. And that's the word that he's going to encourage you to share, to maybe even just a friend tonight. Another way that he talks for some of you guys uh, that are more spiritual or sort of visual is through images. Okay, images. And I I believe that uh, when it comes to visualizing these images, it's like sometimes they're so vivid and sometimes it's just like just one image, like, I don't know, a rocking horse or something. I don't know. That's not actually a thing, but I'm just making it up. Okay, but maybe it's as simple as that just pops into your head. And, and I've seen this take place here at The Collective. Just last time, last, uh, at the early June, Okay, there was uh, this girl at the back during uh, prayer time. And she was just listening and opening herself up to the Holy Spirit. And uh, God put this vision on her heart. And she just had this vivid Im- image and she uh, explained it to me. And she, that image led to a chapter in Isaiah. And God told her to come and pray with me for discernment on what it all meant because she didn't know. So she comes to me during prayer time in the back there and I, she starts explaining this to me and I'm just like standing there and I'm like, I have no clue what this is about. But I, we pray into it, okay? This is where the discernment in community comes in and we start praying into it and I start asking God as she's explaining it to me as I'm reading this passage, I'm like, okay, is this for someone individually or is this for the community, Meaning, is this for everybody in the room or is this specifically for one person? So we prayed into that. And she didn't get anything and I didn't really get anything. So I was like, okay, well, uh, let's pray for a name. And that's a dangerous thing to do. But I felt like God was asking us to step out in faith and pray for a name. So we started praying for a name. And 30 seconds into it, I just stopped and I asked her, hey, did God put a name on your heart? And sure enough, she put a name uh, on her heart and the name was Jessica. Jessica. And I was like, okay, sweet. And she didn't know anybody, really. She was, like, kind of new to this community in some sense. And right away, I stopped praying. I opened my eyes, and I look around, and I see a Jessica that I know. And I'm like, oh, well, she's a Jessica over there. <laughs> and uh, I was like, <laughs> and I kind of said it like that. But the funny thing was, I had this sense uh, that I can't explain, that that was probably the person. And so we prayed into it, and she wasn't sure. And so I was like, okay, God, I, I prayed that you just give her faith to step out and just uh, trust you. And after, she was still unsure, uh, but I just encouraged her. And I, I just encouraged her that when it comes to operating in this, these gifts, like, it's always going to take faith. It's always going to take faith. It's always going to take trust. But the beautiful thing is that God will give you that faith if you ask him. And not only that, when you step out in faith, he will reward you and he will confirm that, yes, what you're doing is you're walking out in obedience. And so this is where the story gets really crazy. Jessica, like I don't know why, but she just walks right past us. And she moves to a place where it's kind of like, re- like a really approachable place. Like in the corner of the room where she's kind of by herself. And later on, I found out that God, like, told her to just walk over there. And so she did, not knowing why God, and why she did that. And the cool thing was that kind of gave Quinn, uh, this girl, uh, just a path to go and talk to this girl. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure she doesn't mind me sharing this story. Right, Jordan? And anyways, <laughs> and so she went and talked to this girl. And it was, like, totally a word for this girl in the seasons that she was going with, going through. And it just was confirmation right then and there. And it was so cool because I got to hear both sides of the story uh, that night. But that's how God can work, through just images. And sometimes maybe it's like a short film in your mind, or sometimes it's just one image. Another way, and one way that I've seen him work over and over and over again, is through a word, just a simple word, just one word that just pops into your mind not a phrase, just one word, and I've seen this happen in my own life, and one time at North, a couple months ago, okay, I was sitting there, and Ken, Pastor Ken was preaching, and what happened was, all of a sudden, uh, during prayer time, after this message, I felt God give me a word for this woman next to me, and it was just disappointment, and I had no clue what that meant whatsoever, I kind of need this girl, but not really, and my wife was sitting right next to her. But I knew I needed to obey and pray into it. So I prayed for a bit into it. And I was like, okay, God, can you give me some clarity around this word disappointment? But he didn't. And and here's the thing. Sometimes God is going to give you a word, an image, or whatever. But he won't give you the interpretation or the application. And that's fine. Because all you're supposed to do is be obedient and share that word. And so in that moment... I knew that I had to share it, so I asked this girl if I could pray for her. I asked my wife to pray with me, and I prayed into it, and as I was praying into it, as I was stepping out in faith, God kind of gave me the context of this word, disappointment, and I started praying into that situation in her life that she was experiencing disappointment, and she didn't say anything afterwards because she was in tears, and just something in that moment resonated with her, and God was just doing something in that moment in her heart And for some of you, that's how God's going to work. But just some guides, okay, when you're giving a word. Okay, never start out with, thus saith the Lord. Okay, (laughs) never approach a person and say that. Okay, I've seen it done before. I've heard it done before. Or say, this is what God says. Okay, no, just be really humble about it. And no, remember, fallible words, meaning us human beings, we could screw this up. So know that when you're approaching uh, the person or whatever, just start off, this is how I start off. I have the sense that God put this word on my heart for you. I could be wrong, so pray into it and check it and test it, which I'm going to explain it in a second, but pray into it and see if this is true, and then go into it. Last way that I want to talk about which I haven't actually seen work in my life yet, but I've heard a young adult share this with me um, uh, last week or something like that, is that sometimes when you're praying for a person, you can get a pain, a weird pain in your body. And this girl, she was praying for somebody, and she got a pain in her back. And she really wasn't sure what it was, so she asked Pastor Ken, and Pastor Ken explained it to her. And the following week, she actually asked the girl if she was experiencing back pain that she was praying for. And sure enough, she was experiencing back pain. So that's another way that God can spontaneously reveal something to you to pray into. So all that to say, when it comes to this gift, you're going to walk in uncertainty, and this is where the whole trusting God comes into play. Like even the other day at the men's retreat, right, I was praying, and I, I feel like i am gotten pretty confident with this gift because it's been like a three-year journey for me, okay? So don't expect, I don't expect any of you guys to be super confident right now in this next moments as we go into prayer. But even in that moment, I kind of hesitated, even though it was like lined up with Scripture and everything. God told me as I was praying for this guy that somehow, some way, uh, I, I needed to pray that he in some sense was acting like the character Gideon in the Bible, if you know that story at all. And I hesitated for a moment. I was like, what? This is so weird. Like, why? Why?" And I, I was like even questioning if this was God. But I pushed through that, and I sp- spoke that over him, and we prayed into it, and I told him, hey, test this, I have no clue, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I started praying into his identity and all these kind of things, and what happened was crazy. He went back up there, and another guy, a random guy that he didn't even know, he told me this the next day, pulled him aside and prayed for him, and he prayed the exact same thing that I prayed for him a couple moments before at the front. But that's how God works, and God, uh, uh, he's not going to force himself on you. The Holy Spirit is not going to force himself on you. He's not going to manipulate you like a puppet. In his very nature, even though he's solid, uh, even though he's sovereign, sorry. He might, he's not solid, that, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> even though he's sovereign, he's not going to force himself on you. He's not co- going to coerce your will. But he allows you to operate in obedience according to your own timing according to your own will in some sense. So that's the cold notes of how to give a word. And my time's running out, so I'm going to really quickly go through how to receive a word, okay? So 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 22, Paul writes this. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil, okay? The first time I ever received a a word was down in Seattle, and this guy just approached me at this youth conference, okay? And he gave me this really weird word. Like, I was, like, looking at him, like, what are you even saying to me right now? And he's like, I think that uh, God is telling me that in your ministry you're gonna solve a math equation. I was like, what? <laughs> and if you know me at all, I suck at math. And I was like, in that moment, if um, math and youth ministry, if they have anything to do with each other, I'm out. Like straight up, <laughs> forget that. And I went home uh, that day, and. Um, I was talking to my wife, and I was actually kind of making fun of this guy, and my wife, who's way wiser than me, was like, hey, Ben, uh, I don't think you should make fun of him like that, and I was like, why? She's like, yeah, you know what my devotion was this morning? I was like, no, what was your devotion? And her devotion was 1 Thessalonians five nineteen to 22. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And I was like, okay, God, I get it. <laughs> and he was talking to me so clearly, and this is when it comes to receiving a word from anybody. Okay, test it. Test it with scripture. God's never going to contradict himself. And he's given us scripture, and everything that we need to know for this life and for godliness is in scripture. But God doesn't stop there. He wants to give you a specific word of encouragement for your life, and that's why he works through this way. But test it with scripture. He'll never contradict himself. And as you're testing it with scripture, that's why you need to know your Bible. That's why you need to be in your Bible daily. So when someone says something to you, and I've gotten to this point uh, by God's grace where I can just, I just sense that, no, no, that's, that, I, that totally is not aligned with scripture whatsoever. So test it with scripture first and then move on and grab what's good something that resonates with you with what that person's saying, grab it. Pray into it. Listen to it. Obey it. If it's from God, you need to take it very seriously. It's important, as I said. But also, if it isn't, Paul writes, abstain from any form of evil. What Paul is talking about here. Is It's not necessarily evil in the sense of something mean or hatred or uh, malicious in any means. But the word that he's using here in the original language is a sense of evil in a way of ineffective or unfruitful. Meaning it's like totally contrary to scripture. It's not going to help you or build you up uh, into look or act more like Jesus. It's totally uh, not like that whatsoever. Just, just get rid of it. Chalk it up to this person. Just got it wrong. Remember, fallible words. He just prophesied falsely. He's not a false prophet. Sure, we, talk, we see that talked about in the New Testament, but those are two different things, okay? When the New Testament talks about a false prophet, they're talking about a non-Christian that's speaking against the gospel. No, this is just a Christian getting it wrong, which we all can do because we're humans, okay? Okay, anyways, skip all my notes. Here we go. So, some of you in the room tonight, okay? I know you're in this place that you just hear all my stories and you're just doubting still. And there's skepticism. And you're like, this logically doesn't make any sense. Maybe that's just a coincidence. I don't know. You know, I'm praying tonight that God would just open your hearts tonight to this reality, that he works this way. I'm praying that the person next to you hopefully is bold enough and God moves in a way that you would get a word. You would receive a word that it would just manifest itself in this moment, that the Holy Spirit would just express himself in the next few moments. Some of you have been in a church where this gift has just been overly used in a way to manipulate, to coerce, to even bring about like you just giving money to a person or whatever. It's just been used in such a horrible way. And for that, as the universal church, I apologize. That's not God's heart for this gift whatsoever. It was always meant to be used to encourage, to build up. And my prayer is that in this moment that the Holy Spirit would come in and would heal your heart and would just open you up again to the Spirit's leading. That any resentment or anything that you have towards spiritual gifts in general will ju- just, would just dissipate. I want to end tonight by praying for you guys. But as I pray, I, w- I want to give you just some guidelines, okay? Some guidelines when it comes to, to receiving a word. And these are just questions that I've read in this book, Beginner's got a Spiritual uh, Gifts, that, that I've used and that I've used to discern a word. And it's this. First, when it comes to a word, ask yourself, does it build up and strengthen or does it tear down and create disunity and fear and doubt and self-content? Does it build up and strengthen, or does it tear down and create disunity and fear and doubt and self contempt Okay, second question, does the word have a tendency to exhort and encourage? Does it have that tendency to encourage? And last question, does the word have a tendency to console, comfort, or does it lead to despair? Those are just some simple questions that I wanted to give you And if at all this is interest you, like come and talk to me later. I will show you that book, Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. It's a great guide. If you're especially new to this. But when you guys standing with me, I wanna pray for you. So here's one reality. No matter where you're at tonight, God has spoken to all of us. And he's revealed himself. He's given us a word, if you will. When the word became flesh and dwelt among us. When Jesus came and entered this world. And for some of you in this tonight, you've just been running away from God. and you just have all these doubts and skepticisms, as I said, in some sense, and you're just looking for an excuse not to give your life to God. And my prayer for you tonight is that the cross, you would just see the cross, you would see the gospel, you see what Jesus did for you in a new light, that you would just repent of any sin when it comes to just disbelieving in the gifts when it comes to quenching the spirit in your life, when it comes to believing that, okay, God doesn't work like this anymore. You know, God's here to forgive you of that disbelief. God's here to meet you where you're at. God's here to move you from life to death. And tonight, you know what, if God's tugging on your heart, if he's speaking to you, if he's calling you into his family, uh, my prayer for you is that you would respond tonight that you would respond and experience his love poured into your heart through his spirit, that you would respond and experience the joy that comes from knowing God and being in relationship with God, that comes through what Jesus did on the cross, that comes through him rising up from the dead and speaking the words on the cross that it's finished. You don't have to deal with that sin, that addiction, whatever it is anymore. He's bought freedom for you through his blood He's brought the ability to come to him and receive grace and mercy in your time of need. So with that, God, I pray that you just move in this place tonight. God, we just silence our minds and our hearts from all distraction. and we ask that you would speak in these next few moments. I pray, God, that for some people, God, that you would bring them into an understanding of how this gift works in their life. That we would share words of encouragement with each other tonight as we move into a time of prayer. And God, as we do that, I pray that just the gospel would hit us in a fresh way as we worship and praise you, that would just give us a sense of peace and that it would just move deeper into our hearts so that as we go forth from this place, God, that we would just saturate our community and our city with this message of hope through our words and our actions and just how we love on people. I pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.